Bueller. Bueller. Nobody puts a baby in a corner. Oh, gnarly! Hey, where's the beef? I want my MTV. I want my MTV! Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? Hello and welcome again to the podcast Living in the 80s. Um, I'm Rob and I have a co-host with me today. Uh, One of my greatest friends growing up, uh, Art Hughes, has joined me. Um, This is a guy that we grew up, you know, listened to lots and lots of music together. So I thought he'd be appropriate guest. So welcome, Art. Hello, everybody. Um, So a couple things before we get started. Um wanted to um, talk about uh, our Facebook page. We're now up to 981 members in just just about two months, just under two months, which is really, really cool. Um, I say on here all the time I had really no expectations for this group, but it's almost to 1,000. So maybe in the next week or so we might hit that. So invite your friends, um, get the word out. Hopefully you guys like um, the page as much as we like putting it together. So um, hopefully that'll be done. Uh, as always, be feel free to go to livinginthe80s.us to our webpage, and of course, you have parked yourself here at um, at the um, at the podcast. So, um, little background: um, Art and I have been friends for years and years and years, and long very long time. And um, I, I remember um, these him and Dave were were my music compadres. Like the three of us uh, were, were definitely listening to tons and tons of music together. But um, I remember um, my fondest memories is going down to uh, the basement at David's house and just listening to tons of music, which we're going to get into later. But um, Art, uh, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. So um, what, what are your initial thoughts? You're, you're on the podcast now. Why did you come? Well, you know, I, I don't get out much. Uh, well, I do. He's a police I, officer. So. I work a lot. So uh, being around and away from uh, what I do is always a good time. Great. So Be hey, less serious. Less serious. Less Why serious? so serious? So, all right. So I, I'm, I'm really glad we got a lot of cool stuff in store for the, the show today. So thanks for coming. So as always, we're going to start off with one of my favorite segments called Back in Time. Okay, this week, uh, as we are known to do, we're going to go back uh, to 1984. Uh, This is the year I graduated from high school. So about this time, I was working at Kmart in the toy department. I, um, I had my 1967 Chevelle that I drove around. And uh, I was a senior in high school, of course, because I graduated. And um, this was um, this is a good, good time. We're getting ready for prom and um, had gone and starting to go to concerts and things like that. And uh, it was a uh, we'll talk more about that later. But um, what were you doing in 84? 84. Well, you know, I, at that time, I've been out of school for a year. Mm hmm. Um, I actually had a job that I kept for 12 years at that time. I was making good money. Um, I was making enough money. Of course, uh, back then college was never an option, but, um, 
me and my wife at the time she was my girlfriend we dated on and off frequently for six years and that was the the year we got back together and stayed together ever since so wow yeah what's your name art her name is Cynthia. Cynthia. Yeah. Oh, I think I know her. Yeah, yeah. You, you <laughs> might have met her once or twice. I, I think I have. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's funny um, talking about our friendship here. Um, me and Art, and I was trying to think about this the other day. We've been friends for over forty years. Yeah, it goes back a long ways. Yeah, because I remember um, <clears throat> when I was very young. See, we've got a third amigo here that's not here this week. His name's David Yuska, and. Um, we miss him this week. We invited him, and he had uh, somebody at his work got, they suspected had the virus, so he's kind of quarantined, I guess. <laughs> so. And Dave is kind of like the uh, the center, though. I mean, without Dave, we would never met each no, other. No, we wouldn't so. have. We wouldn't have. Um, when, I remember when I first met David, we were, um, it was in Sunday school at, at our church, and we had, um, um, had fa- like, my family was, was getting ready to move into his neighborhood, and uh, we were talking and, and found out we we're going to be going to the same elementary school, Moeller. Mm-hmm. And um, it's probably Page, Page was Avenue, it? wasn't it? Page. Yeah, she lived yeah. on Page Avenue. Yeah. And um, shortly, probably a month or so after school started, uh, is when I met Art. Um, and then as you know, time went on, you know, we spent more and more time around each other. And the next thing you know, three of us were, were definitely like three amigos. Yeah. Where one was there, we were all there. So to say that we were raised like brothers is not an understatement. So uh, these these guys have been great. And uh, in the future, we're going to do a podcast with the three of us together, uh, and it should be a lot of fun. Yes, but, that would be a really good time. But for today, Art, we've talked about this. TV shows in 1984. Did you watch any TV in 1984? You know what? I, I am still not a sitcom person. I, I really don't spend a lot of time in front of the TV. And so now I, I had maybe a couple shows I'd come in to watch, but other than that, like The Muppet Show, you know, I was, that was great, but that's not 1984. <laughs> not but <really>. no. <laughs> but other than that, no. I, um, 84, what we talk about? Um, yeah, well, the number three show in 1984 was The A-Team. You know what? I don't think I ever watched an episode of The A-Team. I don't think I did. I know Mr. T was in it. Yeah, that's about the extent of it. And their brown van. The brown van, yes. Yeah. But I wouldn't know who Mr. T was if it wasn't for Rocky Three. Yeah, absolutely. It was a clubber lane. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, number two uh, this week in 1984 was Dynasty. Uh, Dynasty, I know. Uh... Was it Heather Locklear in that? Or Heather Thomas. One of the Heathers were. It's one of the Heathers. Yeah. Heather Locklear. I don't know. But Cynthia watched. I know she watched Dynasty. She loved Dynasty. <laughs> and I remember, I think Friday nights. Did it come on right after Dallas? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I Let's see. Dynasty. Um, I'm, I'm looking at IMDB here. The official uh, web search engine of all things media <laughs> for, for our podcast and um let's see it was heather locklear was Love was it. on there and um I, I believe it was on thursday night thursday so maybe it was that was dynasty was thursday dynasty was maybe thursday dallas was friday yes which which by the way is our number one show this yeah. week in 1984 was dallas no i can't tell you we spent a lot friday nights if we didn't go out we would stay and watch miami vice at then hunter and that i mean that would probably take us in the eighty four as well 
Yes, it would. Yeah. Did you watch Miami Vice much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if we didn't go out see a movie, we'd watch Miami Vice and Hunter. I would watch Miami Vice like when special guest stars like Sheena Easton was on oh, there yeah. one time. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Yeah. Glenn Fry was yes. like a drug dealer. Yes, I remember that. So that song Smuggler's Blues was, was for that actually episode. for that, that yeah. show. So that was that was good. So uh, Miami Vice is underappreciated. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wanted to dress like Don Johnson. Which... Well, I gotta admit I had the white jacket and I did wear the pastel <laughs> shirts. Yeah. yeah. I did it. I don't think I did. I no, I did. I think my brother Chuck might have. Is that right? Yeah, I probably wore it if he had it. No, I think he wore sandals, didn't he? I didn't go as far as wearing the sandals. With no, him. I don't think he wore sandals, but I think he wore like dress loafers with like no the socks. penny loafers or something. Yeah, yeah something like no that. Yeah. Socks. So that's well, I don't mean like the sandals. Yeah, that's one. No, no socks. Yeah. So. Which today could you see it? Did you yeah. ever, did you ever see a wedding singer? Yes. Remember when when Glenn thought he was Don Johnson. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I want to do a future podcast about things influenced by the 80s, and Wedding Singer is going to get a, a large portion of that conversation, I think. So uh, stay tuned for that one. So uh, the top three movies this week in 1984. Number three, one of the greatest soundtracks ever, Footloose. 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 Tell us it what was. you remember about Footloose, Art. Oh, uh, I remember going to see it, obviously, with Cynthia. Um, and I bought her the cassette. And I think that was the first time. I've always been into music, you know that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my first time that I bought a cassette for her until Purple Rain came along. But I think that was the first music I purchased for her. And I, I remember we'd always listen to it when we were together. Nice. Yeah. So did you like listen to Almost Paradise and look lovingly into each other's eyes? Yes. Yeah, we still do. <laughs> still do. <laughs> so number three was Footloose. Number two was Splash. Yeah, I, I seen I it. I never saw Splash. I seen it, and it's, the last time I've probably seen it was probably 80s. So I, I don't remember a whole lot other than Daryl Hannah was in it. Yeah, so Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks. Yes. And I, I looked this up so I would not be completely ignorant. Because, like, Randy was making fun of me recently because uh, I was unprepared for an answer. So, uh, <laughs> so Randy, Splash, <laughs> is about a young man that is reunited with a mermaid who saved him from drowning as a boy. He falls in love with her years later, not knowing who or what she is. I mean, that's probably why I didn't watch it, because it kind of sounds And that really does sound familiar to me at all, and I know I've seen it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it was... I, I can remember the movie poster. Yes. That's about it. Yeah. So, it left that much of a mark on me. Yes. I do not remember. Yeah, me neither. So, um, number th- uh, the number one movie this week in 1984, one right up your alley, Police Academy. Police Academy. Yes. You know, that that's another movie I've never seen at the theater. I did. Um, <laughs> I was the one. <laughs> and I think I've probably maybe seen it once, but other than that, I mean, I I don't know if you know that part of I me. Mean, I'm not I'm never really big into the slapstick comedies. Yeah. I mean, I just, that was never me. Uh, Police Academy, um, very funny movie. Steve Gutenberg was the, the main character, and he played uh, he played his part very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you remember the, the guy that did the sound effects? Yes, yes. So his name is Michael Winslow. Mm-hmm. Do you know his claim to fame here locally? Michael Winslow, and I should know this. But I, no, I don't. Okay. 
He graduated from Hamilton Township High School. Really? He did. No, I did not yes. know that. Yeah, so our, our church, like we were in transition between buildings, so we had our church at, at the, high, the old high school there for probably <laughs> a year. And uh, one of the cool things about that school is they would have uh, senior pictures of every graduating class um, from the beginning of the high school on, like hanging in the hallways. And uh, his picture was there, and the kids in the youth group back then just thought that was the coolest thing that wow. a movie star went to that school. So, yeah, that's it. So, that was the top three movies in 1984. But the best part about the 80s, why we're here today, is we're going to talk about music. Absolutely. So, the top three songs this week in 1984. Oh, yeah. The number three song this week in 1984 was Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Art, were you ever a big Cindy Lauper fan? No, uh, back then I was not a Cindy Lauper fan. Um, matter of fact, whenever the song would come on or a music video would come on, I'd change the channel or station. Um, I appreciate it more now. Maybe if it's a nostalgic nostalgia from the part of it. But no. But I, I, she's, I admit she is on some of my playlists now. Yeah. Um, you know what? I didn't care for her much either. Um, I was not into like the teeny bopper pop stuff so much back then. But um, uh, to me, she just seemed like a flash in the pan, one hit wonder. But it's it's funny because all these years later, like she still puts out music. Yeah, she's still and her around. voice is incredible. She doesn't have that little whiny 80s mm-hmm. thing. Like she's got a this this nice jazzy kind of voice. Well, I think that that whole whiny voice was just a gimmick. I mean, just like everybody else, you know, they had to have something to get them in, and that was her in. I, I think so too. You remember the the music video for that at all? Yes, I do. So one of the, my favorite parts, the 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 reason I would sit through that video was the guy that played her father mm-hmm. was Captain Lou Albano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, which you know. I was a huge wrestling fan back then. Art was a minor wrestling fan, I think. Well, I was kind of a tag along with you and Dave. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We, we were pretty fanatical, but he was a good sport. Plus, he was the one with the driver's license, <laughs> <laughs> so so we'd go to we'd go to like the Ohio Center to watch wrestling and stuff like that. So, uh, seeing that wrestling connection there with her, and eventually she was at WrestleMania and stuff like that. So that was all pretty cool. But yeah, number three was girls just want to have fun. All I want is to be left alone. And the number two song this week in 1984, Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. Did you like this song, Art? You know, I, I can't say it was my favorite, but I, I, it didn't offend me. I liked it. Yeah. Um, it, it's on, it is on one of my playlists. Um, and I think what Michael Jackson has uncredited yep. vocals in that, right? Mark, Michael and Jermaine. 
Really? I didn't know Jermaine. Yeah, I know you, Michael. You, you can hear Michael pretty well, yeah. and you can hear Jermaine a little bit. All right. But uh, with, with something I found out recently, well, I, like, I knew all along that Rockwell was actually Barry Gordy's son. Oh, I did um, not know that. Yeah. So Barry Gordy, if you guys don't know, was the founder of Motown. Mm. And he actually did this record on his own without his dad's knowledge. And... Um, and the, the part that I didn't know is that him and Michael and Jermaine would all play together at the Motown Studios as kids because they're you know all right around the same age. So having those guys, that group of friends together making music, and it was such a huge hit. Now, it was a one-hit wonder. He never had anything after that. But that one hit, that one snapshot in time was a humongously popular thing, and you know mainly because Michael Jackson was singing on it and the guy could do... Everything the guy touched in that time period turned to gold. Absolutely. So, I mean, the Jacksons had their victory tour uh, late in 84, and uh, a lot, if Michael was not there, they would have been playing like small nightclubs instead of sold out stadiums. Incredible talent. (laughs) Yes, yes, it was. So, yes, that was the uh, number two song, Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. Number one song this week in 1984 was Jump by the legendary Van Halen. I this this is an awesome song. When you're hearing like 80s channels and you're hearing classic rock channels, this thing comes on probably every day. It's still like they play it in sports stadiums and it you know, it it's just it is an iconic song. Probably one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Wouldn't you agree? Well, you know how big of a Van Halen fan I was. Yes. Uh, I love Van Halen. Dave Lee Roth has always been a big fan. When that song came out, I have to say, it it, it kind of disappointed me. I what? Think it was controversial. The keyboard? Yeah. That's not Van Halen. I'd have to say it's probably one of my least favorite Van Halen songs. If you couldn't take me out, I would fight you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... You know, going back to you know the original Van Halen albums and uh, Women and Children First, it, it's just it's a big step away from that, and I think it went to to top forty. I don't, I'm, I don't know. It just wasn't me. It yeah, it it did have that feel that um, that they they really wanted to to get some commercial success, which. Like on Diver Down, the album before that, they got a little bit with like Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, like people outside of just like the hard rock community were looking and going, hey, this Van Halen's okay. So I, th- I think it was a calculated effort, but I, I still love the song. When that synthesizer starts, like, or like on the album when the 1984 starts, oh, Eddie playing yeah. the keyboards. I love that stuff. I like that, but I just jump. In the video, the reverse plan does jump backwards on the video. I just, I don't know, it was just a little over the top for me. I, mean, I just, the, the old Van Halen, the hardcore Van Halen, the rockers, that's that's what I loved. Gotcha. And, you know, when the breakup and I, you know, came disenchanted with 
the whole Van Halen thing, and I stayed with Dave. I went to see him in concert twice. So <laughs> like that, he's in Camp Dave, not Camp yeah. Sammy. Yeah. So you were you were not a Van Hagar fan. I no, you know, and and not to disparage or talk bad about Sammy. I mean, I mean, he's three lock box, heavy metal soundtrack. I mean, I love that. Uh, even the mantra stuff is not bad, but the Van Halen. I, I don't know if I was just so biased against him because I love Dave so much. I just mm-hmm. turned off by it. Wow. It's funny because I have seen them live with Dave and with Sammy. And I'll be honest with you, I, I like them better live with Sammy. Really? Now, granted, when I've seen them with Dave, it was like when they had broken up and got back together several years later. And Dave's voice is pretty much shot now. Yeah. So it, it's really, I, it's probably really an unfair. I would have liked to have seen them in their prime, like in the 1984 Diver Down days, like when they were at their peak with Dave. I would have loved when to see them When they opened up then. with Kiss, that yes. would have been the time to see them. Yes, that would have been a great time to see them because people were leaving after Van Halen. Yes, they were. Well, because Kiss is awful. I, I've met people right. that had been to the, the concert that was at Vets where Kiss, and they opened up for Kiss, and they just, hands down, just blew Kiss away. Yeah, it's like, Kiss is awful. <laughs> no, and I've never seen them live, so I mean, I'm sure they probably put it on a good stage show, but I'm I've sure never they, seen. Them. They would almost have to because the music's awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kiss fans, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but they're just one of those bands I just never could get into. But either way, the number one song this week in 1984 was "Jump" by Van Halen. Jump. talking off air a little bit about um, how long ago the 80s were. He said that uh, his wife Cynthia had just watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High for the first time. Yes. And how that was 1982, which is like 38 years ago. That is crazy. Yeah. So that doesn't seem like that long to us, but that was a long time ago. Yes. You know, we think back at the time we go thirty some years to that time before that, and like the time period it was, and and we think of people when we were that age to the people that we are the age that we are now. They're like, you know, holy crap, that was they, you guys are really old. You lived in the forties and thirties. Yeah, it's no different. But I don't feel like I'm that person. You know, I don't either. Like I, I don't feel like I'm fifty three years old. No, like it doesn't. It doesn't. Feel feel like well sometimes my body reminds me of yeah well my body <laughs> reminds me but my mind doesn't no uh, up here I'm, I'm still you know 17 18 years old yeah me too well I, i'm forever 17 i think i don't i don't plan on ever growing up so that's just me yeah, yeah. but yeah it, it, it it's really weird because like we we had talked on here um a few weeks ago about technology and how how much like we rely on it now and how it wasn't like a you know we had technology, you know, technology's always been there, but um, the, the the modern things, like we're sitting here now, he's got his iPad in front of him, I'm in front of my MacBook, 
and we're sitting here talking, looking up songs and things like that. It's like there is no way back in the day we could do that. No. So like I remember, and I I know I know you remember this. So it was not uncommon, like say for a Friday night, once we're done running around town doing what we're gonna do, we'd end up back at David's house, mm-hmm. and we go down to the basement. And his dad, his dad was so cool. He had this this great stereo system. It was awesome. Or that Techniques turntable he had. Mm-hmm. And it was great that he trusted us with it. That's Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, here we are, these teenage kids, and he's letting us play with his awesome stereo system. And I, I think probably the reason was, like, he saw how we took care of our records. Yes. Like, we, like it, we would never touch the vinyl... You know, it, it would just slide back into the sleeve and a plastic cover and stuff. So I think that's probably why he let us. Well, you know, giving a shout out to Ed and Pam, but you know, Ed was a big influence with music. Yeah, and uh, and you know, I'm a big comic book buff. Yep, and he's the one who first took me to a comic book store. With me him. too. And so, and you know, look where I'm at now. And yep. you know, big shout out to Ed and Pam for and Pam. Yeah big influence on my life because one for Pam we wouldn't be friends nope. I wouldn't have my wife nope and I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now so. nope it, it's so funny because when you think about I think everybody had that that one house that people kind of gravitated to yes like it was, it was never uncommon to have five or six kids spending the night over there at one time yeah. like like me and Art might be crashed on a couch and Suzette's friends would be there that's David's sister she, they may be you know, down the hall or on the floor sleeping and Christy and Brad's friends would be there. Like there was always a house full and they'd never seem to be put out by that. No. And as a parent, I don't know if I could do that. Oh, uh, I, I think that would drive me crazy, it, but it, they, they did. Yeah. And you know, like I said, they were awesome. They were, they were awesome. So we would be in the basement and like the three of us, me and David and Art would like take turns playing records. Like Art would play a song. I would play one, David would play one, and we could do this for hours. We'd up, be up to three and four in the morning, playing records, talking about girls, mm-hmm. and, and we'd listen to the song. We would listen through. to the song, yes, yeah. till until the very fade out. And and that's over. also the time where they had the lyrics, and we either got to look at the lyrics on the you know the sleeve of the album or whatever, yeah. which you don't have that. You have to look them up now, but yeah. Yeah, and you knew the songs, and you knew them well. You knew every word. You knew every little blip, every guitar strum. Those were those were great times, and can you believe that was so long ago? You're old. I mean, 1980. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. So 1980 was 40 years ago, wow. and it seems just like yesterday. So you know, having having art across the table for me doing this podcast today is just. I mean, for me, it's it's really really cool to do. Uh, one of my my greatest lifelong friends. So um, enough of this sentimental stuff, art. We're going to get on with it All with right. our show here. <laughs> Moving ahead. <laughs> Moving ahead. So we are going to go right now into the top five albums of of the 1980s. Um, this is according to all of the people on our Facebook page that voted. And there were a lot of votes. And it's funny because I originally set it up so you can only vote for one album. <laughs> and I found myself being really, really torn. I mean, th- I mean, you know... I'm a music guy. You guys know this. So I am like, I, I probably changed my vote three or four times because there's so many great albums that I listened to over and over and over back then. 
But um, th this is what we came up with. These are the the um, the top five songs of um, uh, of the eighties, or I'm sorry, top five albums. So number five, "Slippery When Wet" by Bon Jovi. You know, I, I remember buying that, having a cassette, mm -hmm. and I remember I used to work out at a local gym. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, the guy worked out with Mike Evans. I remember we went, I went in there on Saturday. He's a guy that looked like the ultimate warrior. Yes, he still that. does. He, does he, he still, still look does. like yeah. that? Mike, but he's not dead. No, no. <laughs> Mike, Mike still looks like Mike. Um, he's aged very well. If Mike would ever listen. But he would know. He would know. Yeah. So um, I remember we went into the local gym. It was a Saturday morning. There's hardly a bit in there. And I remember going over to their sound system, which I think was just at the time was a boom box. Yeah. And putting in Slippery One Wet. So we probably made a couple, two or three songs into it. And the owner of the gym came in, was so livid that we were playing Bon Jovi. He cussed us out and made us take it out. What did he want you to listen to? Pablo Cruz? I don't know if he just didn't <laughs> like that or just he was upset we were using his sound system or whatever. But Wow, yeah. that, that's funny. So yeah. so I remember this album. Um, my my ex-wife, Kim, uh, back when we were dating, is right when this album was coming out. And she loved it, and it drove me insane. Because, like, I, I thought I was, like, my tastes were too refined to listen to Bon Jovi. But because I was dating her and I felt like I should be a good boyfriend, <laughs> I figured I should probably be a good sport and listen. And you know what? That album... It's a great album. It really is. And it took me a while to adapt to that. But, you know, because of Bon Jovi, it allowed, I allowed myself to listen to bands like Poison and Skid Row and the Bullet Boys and some of those 80s hair bands, which we're going to do an 80s hair band episode eventually. But, um, but that album, that, that album was, was, is really, there's not a bad song on it. And um, I, I remember hearing an interview with John Bon Jovi back then, and he said when when they were making that album, what he would do is he would he would take a cassette and put it in the car and turn it up as as he was driving down the street, and he he thought, well, if this is a song that sounds good in the car, everybody's gonna love it and it's gonna be a hit, and he was right. So yeah, uh, slippery when wet. Great album. Um, what uh, uh, what are your favorite songs in the album? Uh, it's what living on a prayer. Yeah. Um, what was the other songs? Wanted dead or alive. Yeah, and, you know what? I've kind of grown away from Bon Jovi. Yeah. Um, I liked it then. I can't say so much now. My my first exposure to him was MTV before Slippery One Wet. Oh yeah, Runaway. Runaway. That's my favorite Bon Jovi I, I, song. And that's that. As I was about to say, that's probably my favorite song. And I think that was probably '84. It was '84. Yes. Um, other than that, I mean, I I, I wouldn't say he had topped my 100. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I I don't know if I have a favorite song on that. Yeah, my mine is probably Let It Rock. Uh, was it was a good one? Um, again, I, I listened to that so much back then. Saw him in concert uh, two or three times. Is that it was just overplayed. Some oh, of stuff yeah. is just overplayed, and it just gets beat up. Yeah, uh, it, which is funny because, like, I think the thing that 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 I have to turn the channel because, like, either um, 
Living on a Prayer or Wanted Dead or Alive are the two songs they play off that mm-hmm. album. There's so much good stuff on there. And and curse you radio stations because uh, kids that are like getting turned on to 80s music now or, or even those of us that are that are kind of, you know, drunk on nostalgia, want to go back and listen to stuff. If you're listening to the radio, you're only getting a small sample size of some of the great music that was out there. Like Bon Jovi is a, is a great example. Like this whole Slippery Went Wet album, get a chance, listen to it. I think you'll like it. And it uh, and to me, it's aged pretty well. And that was, you know, going back to the 80s, at that time frame, you, you, you know, you bought the single or whatever, but you listened to the whole album. And like now, you can just buy you know anything on iTunes. Yeah, you can buy one, one song. song and you're done. Yeah, and and they're getting away from you know some of the greatest songs were never played on the radio. No, a lot they of these weren't. Bands. It's funny because some of the, the playlists that I put together are a lot of B sides. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you kids out there, a B side, what would happen was when they had 45s, those are, those are singles, and they would have a hit song on one side of the record, and the other side they would have a throwaway song or another song on the album that they didn't plan on releasing as a single. But a lot of times, those that was some good stuff. Yeah. So all you have to do is get some old Devo records. Those B-sides were, were, mm-hmm. were great. So, um, so yeah, number five uh, was Slippery When Wet. Um, well, there is an honorable mention I forgot, I forgot to, which would have fallen into the slot. Um, Journey's Greatest Hits. That, that was like... It was tied with number five with um, Bon Jovi. Um, I have a hard time putting greatest hits albums on these types of lists because they're not actual albums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. An album to me is a collection of ten to twelve songs that kind of are never been released before. Yeah, threaded together, making one story, or it has one certain feel to it. Now, don't get me wrong. Journey is. One of my top five all-time favorite bands. Um, the Steve Perry's voice is absolutely amazing. Um, his new solo stuff came out about a year ago. His voice still sounds really, really good. But um, so Journey's Greatest Hits had a lot of votes. Of course, they've got a ton of awesome songs. You all know them by heart. Uh, they do have songs besides "Don't Stop Believing," believe it or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a good album. Um, but it, it won't make our top five just because of my own personal bias. But great album nonetheless. Now we are to number four. Number four, the Joshua Tree by U2. This will show up on my top five list when we talk about it later. But uh, I remember when this album came out, uh, it's actually Dave that introduced me to you 2 It was probably the, the War album, which is right there with me as my favorite U2 album. It's, it's Joshua Tree and War. They kind of go back and forth depending on what kind of mood I'm in. But uh, he introduced me to them, and, and they weren't quite this this world-renowned band like they were just these independent kids from ireland up and coming but you can just feel from war to live under blood red sky to the unforgettable fire you just felt them getting bigger and bigger and then finally when they did live aid like they got a better crowd response i think queen was probably the band that got the most 
thing, but right after them was U2. And um, they they had the fans just in a frenzy. Uh, I remember Bono bringing the girl up on stage and dancing with her. And uh, that was just, I mean, that was just an, an iconic moment. So when the Joshua Tree came out, um, I remember one of the disc jockeys on QFM 96 here in Columbus, um, she says, you know, when U2 releases an album, it's like God has released an album, which I thought was, was a little odd, but it, it, that album did have a, a certain feel to it in a certain mood um, that, that really kind of starts off and just kind of captures you. So I might be overselling this album a bit. <laughs> so Art, why don't you talk about the Joshua Tree for a minute? Well, I mean, I don't want to take away. I, I know you guys and you and Dave love you too. Um, not a real big fan of you. Um, the songs I like the best are With or Without You. Um, and Bold and Blue Sky. It's probably, Bold and Blue Sky is probably one of my favorites. That is my favorite U2 song. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I liked them when they first came out. Mm -hmm. uh, when they started getting political and kind of where they are now and, and they're above themselves. Right. I, any band that does that, I kind of get away from it. Not just you two, but any band that does that. Yeah, I, I will agree. Um, my my fandom of you 2 probably peaked between that and then they did the Rattle and Hum concert movie and album. To me, after that was over with, everything they released after it was just okay. Um, I, I, I loved them for many years, and I still, I still love hearing that old stuff. And, and when they come out with a new album, I always want to hear it. And, and I kind of like it, but I don't, I don't love it. But Bands like that, and like, even like a Duran Duran, for them to go on with the sound they did, it, it, it's got to be hard. I, I mean, I get oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's different. And, uh, you know, I remember when you guys went to that concert. It yep. was Cleveland. Yep. And uh, I don't know what I was doing at the time. I, I remember you guys going. Uh -huh. I don't remember getting an invitation to go. But... You got an invitation. You were probably. I'm going to work out were, that night. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Or, <laughs> um, you know, going on a date with something there. So I, yeah. I, I remember when you guys came back. And I remember you guys being so pumped about it. Yeah, I, I do remember that. It, it, I tell you what, that that concert was one of the best concert experiences I ever had. Um, the, the fans were singing forty. Um, in the streets as we left the concert I'm talking 20 minutes later going you know, walking to our cars people were still singing not just two or three people drunk in the street singing they're singing the song like hundreds of people and they it, they just had a way of, of capturing the crowd bringing them on stage with them and just just making making those moments but but that was a great show, and then a couple of years ago, uh, for my birthday, Leah took me back to Cleveland because uh, they did a, a another tour, which was they played the Joshua Tree in its entirety live, and um, they they sound as good as they ever did. Uh, I wish they made more music like that, which I guess would really be hard to do. But for that moment in time, uh, U2 was was it for me. So number four was the Joshua Tree. Number three, 1984 by Van Halen. Now, we already know how much Art loves Jump. <laughs> so talk, talk to us about that album. What do you think about the album overall? Well, you remember, I'm sure you remember when I bought it. Uh, I had my little Dodge pickup truck. That, that orangish, reddish pickup truck. And yes. I had a nice vector research stereo system that somebody stole out of. 
that I, I tell you what, guys, I'm gonna interrupt him here. That truck, for one, took us everywhere. But for another, that had the killer south system in it ever. Like he would, and and you can hear him coming from four blocks away. So uh, we we listened to a lot of loud music. So and, and it wasn't the thumping bass. It was no. real music. Yes, it was. So I'm sorry, I so, But you know, I remember buying that, and I, I remember um, I know I remember going over to your house. Um, and I think it might have been winter time when that was released. I don't recall. Yeah, it was. It was like uh, January, February. Um, but I, I remember driving over there, and since my stereo was ripped out of my dashboard, I had the big boombox, which is the boombox right now. I don't know if you remember that. I remember then you got in, and, and Dave was there, and I think Dave might have been in the middle, and he's holding the boombox, and we were driving around playing, playing. 1984 on that yes. boombox. January 9th, 1984 was when yeah. 1984 yeah. was released. So yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Man, it just, that does not seem like 36 years ago to me. <laughs> but um, I, other than Jump, Jump, I mean, it, it's it's a great album. Um, Drop Dead Legs is probably one of my favorite songs on there. Um, Hot for Teacher. Uh, I still play that at the beginning, the, the drums. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, a great album, right and like I said, just you know, take away, take away, jump off of it. But <laughs> I, I love it, love it. It's a yeah. great album. I, I love that. I, that's also going to show up on my list later. Uh, that is one of my favorite '80s albums, and my favorite song on there is "I'll Wait." I'll wait. Yeah. Just kind of cool little I, I, sound to it. I saw the singles. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, of course yeah, you do. What am I saying? Really? I should. Well, it, you know, I had the water damage. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, and I lost all my albums, but I did, did keep my belief on it. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, the um, that the next one on our list there uh, was uh, 1984. Great, great album. Which brings us to the number two album. Number um, two. Number two. Uh, Pyromania by Def Leppard. Now, this one kind of surprised me. Um, I remember this song, this album being uh, very popular at the time. I remember the girl I was dating, Missy Webb, at that time. <laughs> she, uh, she was a big Def Leppard fan. And whenever she got in my car... I had to play her Def Leppard tape, and it drove me nuts. And so it was it was a while before I could really appreciate this album because I wasn't force-fed it. But uh, it, it is a good album, it still sounds good today. Rick Allen still had his arm. Yes, they had a yeah. two-arm drummer back then. <laughs> it's the same guy, but he had two arms then. But it's, it's funny because we were talking uh, off-air about uh, this song. And um, everybody knows the beginning. Gutter, Glieben, Glauten, Globen. That little part there. Um, a lot of people wonder what that means. Do you know what it means, Art? I always assumed it was a countdown, you know, like our 4, 3, 2, 1, or 1, 2, 3, 4. That's, that's what I thought it was. I, I always thought it meant something, but I found out recently, like a few months ago, that it doesn't mean anything. Nothing. 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 Uh, that's actually the voice of Mutt Lang, the producer. And he would always count down the songs, but in this case, he just he's of German descent, so he just counted down the beginning of the song, and that's what came out. The band loved it. He made it up. He made it up. So their most uh, popular song, probably, 
the beginning of it is not so even gibberish. Them. It was gibberish, <laughs> and it was their producer. Nonsensical, yeah, made up nothing words. Um, so here's here's a funny, fun fact that we just found out a few minutes ago, because you know we're on Wikipedia. Um, during the guitar solo, there were several phrases that were backmasked onto there. So you and this a, is on Rock of Ages. This is on Rock of Ages. Yes, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mention that. It's on Rock of Ages. So when you play it, you know when you play it forward from backwards, uh, it says "F the Russians," but they don't say "F." They say the actual word. Now, back then, that'd be unheard yeah, of. Yes, and they also said Brezhnev's got herpes. <laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe or he did. Maybe he did. I I don't know, but apparently Def Leppard didn't like Russians or Brezhnev. So they were kind of down on him. So anyway, so what are your thoughts on this album, Mark? Oh, I loved it. Um, you know, looking at the songs on here, it takes me back. I, I did. This is another one I played a lot. Uh, I played it beginning to end, which I did have everything back then. Um, probably my favorite one would probably be Too Late for Love, mm-hmm. uh, followed by Rock of Ages, and then maybe uh, Photograph, but... Um, of course, everybody knows the Rock of Ages and how that opened up. And Rick Allen didn't he have the uh, the flag shorts? Or something, mm-hmm. you know, the, but uh, yeah, I mean that that one stands out the most. But uh, Too Late for Love is probably probably gonna be my favorite off that album. Nice. My my favorite was always Photograph. I don't know. I think that I I can't remember Photograph or Rock of Ages was the first single that was released on the album, but. Photograph was the one that I always kind of gravitated right. to. Yeah, so even today, like when I listen to that album, that's that's the the song that for some reason sticks with me. So I don't know what it is about uh, "Too Late for Love." I, I don't know what it is. It just it's I don't say it's a dark song, Mm-mm. but uh, it's it's slow, but it's not like Journey love song slow. Yeah, yeah, it's got kind of a a rougher edge to it. Yeah. I so, like it. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a it's a great song. Um, so that 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 is number two. Do you know what number one is, Art? No, tell me what. Well, Art, you know what? What's up now, don't you? Number one. Number one. Number one. All yes. right. So number one is "Purple Rain" by Prince. Wow, Prince did "Purple Rain." Prince did "Purple Rain." Hmm. Do you remember seeing this in the theater? Uh, which time? Which time? Yes, <laughs> I think I think we all went the first time. Was it? Is it at, uh, Graceland or Great, no, Great Eastern? Maybe? It was uh, Cinema East. Cinema East. I knew it was out there somewhere. Yeah, right there off of Broad Street. Just a little. There's Town and Country Cinema, yep. which is no longer there. And then there was Cinema East, which is also no gone. longer there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I remember seeing this movie. Um, uh, the soundtrack was amazing. Yeah, the acting was horrible. Uh, the performances were awesome. Yes. Yes, um, they were. I love that movie. I still love that movie. Yeah. Um, I've seen it. Uh, I bet you... I don't know. I don't know if i exaggerate if I saw it a dozen times. Wow. I, I've probably... I probably saw it in the theaters probably four or five times. Um, I... Well, you know me. I've always been a Prince fan. I always had... Remember, you know, the buttons were the thing. I always had the Prince buttons. And, yep. Um, I mean, it goes all the way back to uh, the controversy album in, in 1999. Is you know when I first was turned on the Prince. 
um, my biggest regret is not seeing him in concert. Yeah, always, always wanted to see him live. Um, well, that, I, that would have been a, a good show. It would have been. And I, I remember in high school, uh, they were playing at, uh, was it the highest center? Is that what it was called back then? Yeah. Or, um, it was Prince, Vanity Six, and The Time. Wow. And just thinking back, that would have been an awesome concert. And I, I regret that's you know I, I've never seen him in concert. Yeah, that 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 would have been one of those once in a lifetime events. My wife Leah saw them in concert. Really? Yes. I, you know, I Prince is awesome, and he, he's a lost talent. I mean, it's, it was a sad day when he died. Yeah, I mean, he he really was a talented man. Yes, he was. Very so, gifted. Okay, so um, thinking about the album itself, um, thinking about beginning to end. What what songs really stick out to you? Like these are the songs. Well, you know what sticks out to me the most. I I remember I was a senior. What was it? This came out in eighty four. Eighty four, yeah, the summer of eighty four. So you would have been graduated a year. Hmm. Well, for some reason this. He's in deep thought, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember um, QFM playing. They played "Let's Go Crazy." And I remember that. Yeah, I they would, they it. deny it today. Oh, I I remember. I called it. and requested it one time. They're like, "We've never played the here." I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, "Yeah, you did." I remember it. Maybe you don't remember. You maybe you weren't here. It was, um, <laughs> which is the same as for some reason I was thinking I was still in high school, but it, it would have been the morning show that would have played it. Yeah, and I remember that, and I remember them talking about the guitar solo on it. Yeah, and that's and it's like, oh, this is really different for QFM. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, the Let's Go Crazy, uh, Cynthia's favorite is uh, I Would Die For You. Yep. And then when Doves Cry, and of course the videos are, are pretty cool. Um, they became more commercial. But the um, my favorite songs would probably be uh, Computer Blue and Darling Nikki. Yeah, Darling Nikki. We, uh, on the podcast a few months ago, or a few episodes ago, I did the backmasking part Did of you? Darling Nikki. Have you ever done that? No. Really? I'll, I'll play it for you offline. It'll, okay. You'll crack up. So, um, yeah, that is, um, that, that's, uh, that's one of those things. So my favorite, I think, is When Doves Cry. Um, just the, the, the melody of that, just the, the feel of it kind of captures the movie. Um, Take Me With You is the mm-hmm. other one I like yeah, a lot. Yeah, that is a good one. That, that's one that really, and Baby I'm a Star, mm-hmm. and that, whole, that whole long version of it, that, that, that's good stuff. Very end of the movie. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, and what I like about Prince, and I, and I think all the music he writes, I think he really writes from his heart. You know, I yeah. think he does. I think he takes a piece of himself and puts it on all his songs, and then I think that's what makes him great. Yeah, I do too. Um, like you said, he lost too early. I think he still had plenty of good music left. Well, and, you know, me and Cynthia talk about it all the time, especially after he died. And, you know, I've always, I've always been a Prince fan. I, I buy everything he put out. And, but, uh, you know, when he lost his child you know, and his mm-hmm. wife, and I think that's when we lost him. You know, I think he lost everything at that time. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know he, he lost a yeah, child. Yeah, we talked, Cynthia knows about it. We've talked about it. Um, but I, I think that might have been when he lost you know, I don't say his talent, but like his creative edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I one of the things I remember about Prince is um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction of George Harrison. Did you ever see that? No. So I'll have to show you when we get done here. Uh, him and Tom Petty, and I can't remember who else was up there with him. 
but Prince goes into this this solo and while my guitar gently weeps and I, oh, I think really? I think it was Jeff Lynn and Tom Petty that were there they just kind of backed away and let him take center stage and he just crushed it and and in true Prince fashion when he got done he walks off the stage and throws his guitar in the air and his handler catches it by awesome. the neck awesome. so it, it was good awesome. so I mean uh, you, you don't always hear about Prince being mentioned as like one of the greatest guitar players, but I think he truly was. He is. Um, I think because his music didn't typically have that guitar feel to it, like a few songs do. Mm-hmm. A few times he just goes off with a guitar, and he's really, really a talented guy. But but when you're talking like Eddie Van Halen or Jimi Hendrix and those guys, their music was driven by the guitar. Mm-hmm. Prince used the guitar when he felt like it. So, which is another testimony to how great of an artist and he, he, he could play was. anything. Oh yeah, He's a very talented person. Yes, he could. Yeah, he he played all the instruments in all of his albums. A lot of times, he would have some band people come in and sing backgrounds and stuff. But mostly, what you hear on a Prince album is all him. Like for example, um, when Doves Cry, every single thing, the background, the every effect you hear, that's him. And there's no bass guitar in that song. So hmm. there's drums. There's no bass guitar, which is very rare for a pop song to not have the bass. So, yeah, number one was uh, "Purple Rain" by Prince, right which, which which is one other thing I wanted to bring up because a few weeks ago we did a uh, we did a podcast on the top movie soundtracks of mm-hmm. um, of of the '80s, and um, number one was "Footloose," wow. not "Purple Rain." Wow! But when they voted for number one album, they voted yeah. "Purple Rain." So. I, it just tells it just tells me the people that that vote uh, maybe are um, bipolar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, number one was was Purple Rain. Discover gold, double gold from Kate Hell. Two hot albums featuring supergroup Survivor. Red Hot Toto. Man at Work, Rick Springfield, and Golden Era. Double gold from Culture Club, Tommy Two-Tone, and Bill Collins. Rockin' Spray Camp. Discover double gold plus other hit albums from KTEL at a store near you. Okay, now here we are. This is our last segment of the show where, uh, first of all, thank you guys for including uh, your, your votes. It was really cool seeing there's so many albums that didn't quite make the top five that were really good, but... This part of the show is where me and Art are going to take over. Like we discussed earlier, how um, wherever we were at, there was music playing, whether it's in his truck, my car, my house, David's house, wherever we were, there's always music playing. We were either, you know, listening to um, mixtapes that each other made or albums that you know that we really liked and stuff. So there was always some kind of music playing. So here's a couple of music guys going to talk to you about the music they listen to. So, um, I cheated art. I'll be honest with you. There are about 13 here. So I'm just going to buzz through the, the, like the tops, uh, the ones that didn't quite make my okay. list, but they're kind of like your kids. You know, you can't leave one off. No, but no, I, I get it. Yeah. I get you know, it. Some of them are well, more well behaved than others. So you just kind of, you roll with it. So here, here are, are my ones that didn't quite make the cut. First one is war by you two. Uh, the only reason it didn't make my top five is I didn't want to include two songs by the same band. Uh, when I make mixtapes, I usually don't put 
two songs by the same artist, and they, they've got to be different. So. You never made a two for tape? <laughs> or the two for Tuesday or something? Crap, now I'm going to have to. <laughs> Dang it, Art Hughes. Um, so, yeah, uh, War by U2 is one of them. Uh, Business as Usual by Minute Work is another one. That did not make the cut, um, though it was one of probably one of my top ten favorite albums of the 80s. This is the first cassette that I ever bought. Up to this point, I always bought albums, but when I started driving, this is like the fall of 82, um, I bought the Business as Usual cassette at Gold Circle, and uh, that that is uh, that was my first tape. My next one was one of your favorite albums of the 80s, Art. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 5150 by oh, Van Hagar. I mean, Van Halen. Oh, I don't know. I don't recall that. <laughs> I don't remember that being on there at all. <laughs> but I remember the summer of 86, I wore that mm. tape out. And I think I had to buy two of them. And that's how I base how I, I got my top five, is what? ones I had played until I had to replace them. Nice. Um, here are the other ones here. The Footloose soundtrack. Uh, we mentioned that one earlier. That's a great soundtrack. Uh, that one has held up very well over time. I still pull that out and listen to it. Another one, which I don't know, may surprise some people, an album people probably don't really think about, is August by Eric Clapton. Hmm. Uh, the way that you use it is on there. Um, he did the the song with Tina Turner. Um, so there, there's there's like this album is another one I pull out that has lasted very well. Some really good guitar work. He did uh, a couple songs on there. Uh, you can hear Daryl Hall in the background. I think Phil Collins produced that yeah. album. So that that's one that I really like. Uh, another one is Boomtown by David and David. Oh, yeah. So people, this is not, not one that, like, you may hear the song Boomtown and may think, oh, hey, that's a good song. But that's maybe not really one that people necessarily think of. But that whole album, beginning to end, tells a story. It's a story about a, a guy that gets caught up in drugs and trying to get out of that lifestyle, and you know what happens to him along the way. So it, it was really, I, I think that band could have done a lot, but like David and David, the two guys, kind of hated each other. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. It's I, I worked with a guy, and he's a music buff, and and we went for training in New Mexico, and I got to know him a little bit more, and knew that he was into music, and so we kind of went back and forth with songs. Hey, you know who this is, and just kind of obscure songs. So it probably wasn't uh, maybe a little bit more a month ago. He tried to get me with Boomtown, David and David. Really? And I was like, Oh no, I know who that is. So, <laughs> he, he thought he had me, and that, and that was the song he tried to get me with. So, so, so you guys, you guys have told me that like if you ever got stuck somewhere and you wanted to know like who who sung something or whatever, that I'd be your go-to guy. Art's my go-to guy. So there, there's. Yeah. His tastes are probably even more eclectic than mine, except he doesn't really listen to country. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can't. I listen to everything. Um, country and gangster rap are the only things I don't listen to. So, But, yeah, I, I, I do. I listen to everything. If you look at my playlist, you would you think I was a weird person. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's telling the truth. Like, But, see, he, he's a little different than me. Like, my playlist kind of, like, will have like a recurring theme. Like I just made one recently called MTV. So it's about songs from the MTV, you know, early days. Um, I'm, I'm actually preparing myself for an August 1st podcast for the anniversary of MTV. But Art will have like, It's a Wonderful World by <laughs> Louis Armstrong with like Inner Sandman by Metallica on the same playlist. So, well, I, I'll give you an example. So I... I... 
well, uh, like my music playlist or my workout playlist, um, I'll have something like, um, sorry, something like um, Star Wars soundtrack or the Empire Strikes Back, the, the uh, Emperor's theme. Mm-hmm. I'll have that on my workout playlist. And uh, today I was playing it and this song here, Blue Jean Blues by ZZ Top came on. And Cynthia's like, how do you work out to that? <laughs> it's like, it's it's what I like. It's what motivates me. It doesn't have to be something heart pounding and, you know, thumping to motivate me to work out. It's the songs I like. So I can go from a Star Wars soundtrack to ZZ Top to Jimi Hendrix to a Cindy Lauper, you know? Only him. Yeah. Only him. So one last album that I'm going to put on here that... Um, it's another one of those bands that you may not think much about, but it was In Heat by the Romantics. Oh, yeah. um, the only song you guys have ever heard on there is probably um, uh, Talking in Your Sleep. What I like about you. Uh, that was an earlier album. other one. That yeah. was the one before that. Yes, that, that's probably their that's biggest That's what hit. turned me on to them was that song. Yeah, they used to play that on MTV a lot. Yeah, they did. But uh, I had saw the Romantics in concert right about this time in 1984. Um the girl I was dating at the time, we uh, saw Adam Ant and the Romantics, and I was I was a pretty big Adam Ant fan. I liked him from oh, so back back in the Adam and the Ants days, prior to him mm-hmm. solo and Goody Two Shoes and all that. So I really liked him, and I really was excited. But then the Romantics opened for him, and I'll tell you what, man, they they played a lot of energy, really good sound, mm-hmm. and they put on a better show than Adam Ant did. And that was that was very eye opening for me because there's only been a few times that that has happened. Like the, the another time was I saw um, Cheap Trick open for Def Leppard, mm-hmm. and Cheap Trick blew them away. Yeah. Like Def Leppard should have like stayed in the dressing room, even though they were awesome. Cheap Trick was just I mean, they're Cheap Trick. All the years that Cheap Trick has been to the High State Fair, I've never gone to see them. And I, wow. just, I wish I never. I wish I had. And that's. You know, I, I remember some of my first albums, and Live at Budokan was one of my first albums. Yeah, me too. You know? Me too. Um, I think I got it on from Columbia House. I bought a record tape outlet. Wow. Yeah. You I know, if, walking there with the box. next time Cheap Trick's in the area, we need to go see Yes. yes. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yes. Cheap Trick. So, yeah, so those are my honorable mentions. So now what we're going to do, we're going to kind of like play tennis here. Okay. Um, we're going to go back and forth, like on our, our top... Albums. I'm going to go from five to one. I don't know if his has the kind of order that I do, but but he's going to list whatever album. Yeah, so it's hard for me to put them in an order. So my number five is Synchronicity by the Police. Um, Great album. Yeah, like and honestly, Zenyatta Mandata or Ghost in the Machine could have been on here too. But again, it's only one one artist is all I will allow myself on a list like this, and. Uh, Gosh, from opening to close, every album's good. Um, probably the, the the one I like the least is probably Miss Gradenko. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, Murder by Numbers is a great one. Synchronicity 2 is a good one. Of course, everybody knows Every Breath You Take. King of Pain. Like, that. that is a, a great album. And I know I know you're a big Police fan, too. So I what am. are your thoughts? Um, it is. It's one of. It's actually one of my tops. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's another one I wore out. I remember uh, listening to it in high school, and remember when they were on tour and they were selling out. And I'm like, I'll see them on their next tour, which ended up being what twenty some years later. Yes. So which I never got to see them then either. Yeah. That's one of my big regrets. Um, and I'm, I'm like you. I, you know, my taste. I'm the art back then is different than the art now. 
So some of my favorite albums from the 80s would be different. So I'm going back to the art back then, and that had been one of my top five. Mm. Um, I did. I played it beginning to end. Listened, loved every song. Uh, the music videos were great. You know, Sting, you know, yelling, hanging on the wire, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, the trash flying by him. You know, that was great. I loved it. I mean, I, I got chills when I watched that video. I've always been a, even a Sting fan. I followed him for a while after the police broke up. So. Yeah. I think the police, like, the first police song I ever heard was Do 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 Da 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 Da. When that song came out, I thought, oh, this is a, this is a cool sound. Because... Like, you know, the 14-year-old Rob mm-hmm. was, you know, mostly listening to Top 40 music and didn't have much exposure beyond that. And somehow this song snuck onto the radio. And it was very eye-opening for me. And then I remember watching, there used to be a video show on Saturday mornings called Casey's Top 10, where Casey Kasem would count down the 10 songs of the week. He played, you know, three or four videos. It was only a half-hour show. But uh, there was a segment on it where he would play an international artist. And Don't Stand So Close to Me, it was about a 15-second clip of that song. And I, I freaked. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this is that band. Because I had the do-do-do-do-do-da-da-da single. That's not really easy to say all the time. Let alone sing it for 40 years, however long we've been singing it. But uh, once I had, had heard that song, like th- th- that, that was the beginning of, of me listening to probably like new wave type music and things that weren't on the radio. So now I was on a hunt to find stuff. Like I would go to record stores and, and I would order singles. Like I'd go to Buzzard's Nest and they would see me coming and, and like, hey, do you have a song by Nick Kershaw? Knowing they wouldn't have, like, well, can you order it for me? And so they, you know, six weeks later, <laughs> this record would come in, and you know, stuff like that. But yeah, the police were were one of the one of the, even still today. I'll put on the police, yeah. and just it sounds like they were so groundbreaking. It sounded so fresh. Yes, they're, they're a good band. Yeah. So I got the first one. What's the next album you want to bring? Up? Well, let's go with. Uh, I don't want to go on my my very top one yet, but. Uh, I would have to say it's going to have to be the Dream of the Blue Turtles. Oh, so yeah. Right. Sting Solo. Um, I, you know, being heartbroken that they broke up, I went to see him in Cincinnati on okay. that tour. And uh, he flew in on a helicopter. I remember he leaned in on a helicopter waving at everybody. But I was so far back, and this is me and Brad went to see yeah. it. And I was so far back, and you could just see, you know, like a little inch high sting, and you see his, he always had his leg, you know, he always kept rhythm with his leg. Yeah. That's about all you see in his blonde hair. Nice. But it was it was good. The band was awesome. Uh, this is new uh, jazzy band. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Wasn't like uh, Branford Marsalis in that yes, band. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. That, that was you know it, it's funny because I remember when that album came out too, and I, I went out and bought it. I think the day it was released because yeah. uh, they were they were playing. Um, what was the big single off off Russians? Well, the, the, the first one. Um, Man, I'm stumped. Right talking here. about Fortress Round Your Heart, or yeah, yeah, that one. Um, do you remember? Was it the Grammys he performed Russians? Do you remember that? Yes. He came out and it's just the stage kind of raised up, and mm-hmm. uh, was he playing a cello? Maybe when he. I think it, was it the cello? It may have been because I remember on that album he didn't play the bass; he played a guitar. Um, but it was another one of those moments seeing him, you know, playing that live on the Grammys, and uh, it was one of those you, know, you get the chills, you know, watching it. Yeah. That's 
that that album was well, yeah I agree with you that was really good no you know what the song was it was if you love somebody something okay. that that's that's the one they played on the radio first and I love that and of course I love the police of so getting that album was uh, that was good stuff but it was a nice jazzy sound still sounds mm-hmm. great today. Um, some of his other solo stuff was good, but I think that was his best. And he did the remake of Shadows and Rain on, on that album as well. Yes. Um, my next one, um, Heartbeat City by The Cars. Oh, yeah. Man, I, for one, I love The Cars anyway. I, I do. That. I do. And, you know, I, I tumbled back and forth with that, with that one, and I didn't listen to it as much as I did these other ones. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, if we could have gone back one more year, mm-hmm. your cars would have been at the top. If really? we went back, yeah. It was at um, Candia. Oh, yeah. I think was, that, was that 79 that came out, I think? Yeah. Uh, so that probably would have been in my top five. Yeah. Um, that is one of the albums I jammed. I love that album. Well, that's, I still do. It, it's funny because um, the, the first, the first um, police or police wrong band the first car song I heard was Touch and Go oh yeah from Panorama from Panorama uh, they were the um, they were the guests on uh, Fridays and um, they were um, I just remember seeing because I had heard of the cars but again I'm, I listened to top 40 music so I didn't hear any of the rock stations really so seeing them on there, I thought, well, that's cool. And I went out and bought the Panorama album. Yeah, so and, 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 like I'm hearing like all these weird little synthesizer noises and these quirky little things, and the lyrics were just crazy. Um, it, just if you ever get a chance, listen to the song "Lust for Kicks." Mm-hmm. Off the Panorama Panorama album, it's just the weirdest song. It is weird. about a, a nerdy couple, and it's just it's, it's just, got a, it's a weird kind of bounce. The music kind of it bounces. Yes, it it's, it's different. So so from there, I I ran to a girl at school. I can't remember what her name was. It was maybe Lisa something, but she let me borrow the Candio album, which. Again, it's just like peeling back an, an, uh, an onion or something, just getting more and more layers to it. I'm like, holy cow, and then I heard their debut album. And then by the time Shake It Up came out, I was like, oh my gosh. And then finally Heartbeat City was, is, because it's the eight, I would say their debut album is my favorite one of theirs, mm-hmm. my favorite 80s album of theirs was Heartbeat City, and again, it's my senior year in high school, 1984, Magic is out, um, um, I remember Drive was a big hit, so every song, I mean, I wore probably three copies of that tape out. That was what, uh, Benjamin Moore's lead singer on um, Drive? Yes. And, and, and that, uh, the girl in it was, ended up being Rick Ocasek's wife. Paulina Porticova. Yes. 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 That's how, that's where they met. Yeah. They that, filming that, that video. Yeah. So, yeah, that is crazy. I became a big Cars fan um, way before that, and it would have been probably... The original album and Candio, uh, me and Dave would ride to school. We, we were at the time when busing was big. So we had at least 20 minute drive to school, and we ended up riding with this guy in the neighborhood named Keith. And we'd ride in the back seat, and he'd play the cars every day. And, I, and it's one I, I don't hate him, but I, I, I love it. And he used to play the stereo. Talk about that. Hey, he played the stereo so loud, we would scream at each other, and we wouldn't hear each other. That's how loud he played it. So. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah. So what would be the next album on your list here? 
Well, let's see. We had the Dream of the Blue Turtles, uh, Synchronicity. Um, I'd say probably... Uh, 84, 1984. Okay. Yeah, and we discussed that one already. Yes, we did. Great album. Yeah. Um, my number three uh, is Shabu Shuba by NXS. My goodness. I remember hearing hearing um, Don't Change on the radio. And I had to I had to go out. I just I just bought the tape. Like I didn't have to hear anything else. That song, that was it for me. So, uh, again, I don't know how many copies of this tape I wore out. Um, this, this, was, uh, this was great. Oh, well, you know what? In hindsight, I probably should have went tape to tape and recorded stuff to have backup copies yeah. instead of spending five ninety nine every single yeah. time I wanted a new tape. But, um, yeah, that song was good. And it, it's funny because it came out, in, like, in 1983. And then uh, I remember... Uh, the movie Reckless came out in 1984. Nobody remembers this movie. I remember seeing it with my girlfriend at the time. And that that song, it, Aiden Quinn and Daryl Hannah, um, it's, a, it's a really good movie, so check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, it, uh, they used two or three songs from that album in this in this song or in this in this movie reckless so yeah that was good and what almost made my list too was the swing by the NXS, which i remember hearing with you for the first time because you bought the tape and in the in your in your dodge truck we would be cranking that thing up so what are your thoughts about that album the swing whatever uh, well, uh, what'd you say yours was the favorite? No, the song. Oh, uh, don't change. Don't change. Uh, I, I, that's a good one. I think the one thing was probably been my favorite on that one. Uh, but it, it's a good one. I, I can't say I wore that one out. Um, I probably, you know, just selected the, the two songs off there. I like to put it on my playlist, but it, it's not out of my list beginning to the end. Uh, to be honest. Yeah, it's for me. It just resonates. It just it just sounds good. That that is probably on my list here. That may be the one that I go back to the most. Is that right? Just, I mean, really? it just puts you in a different. Yeah. You know, music music has a unique ability to put you to a different time, a different place, whatever. And you can feel it. Yeah, I I do remember. I was with my friend Charlie, and we were we were running around. I got pulled over. Um, on Georgesville Road, and I do remember playing this tape pretty loud. So I don't think it was the music. I think I was speeding. I, I didn't get a ticket, but but yeah, I remember Charlie was freaking out about it. Charlie Brost. So <laughs> here out there, Charlie. Yeah, I'm sure you, I mean, you may not remember that night. I sure do. Someone when they got pulled over. Um, so that that was that one. What's your next one? So we've gone through, uh, let's say, 84, Synchronicity, Dream of the Blue Turtles. So, um, um, you know, I, I, I probably, my last two, I'll go with uh, number two, would probably have to be 1999, my friends. Uh, it's another one that I did. I, I remember playing it all the time. Loving every track on it. That, I think that's the album that... Uh, I turned something on to with it, with it and then that's when she became. She became. <laughs> so, fun story. Again, 1999 would be one of my top albums of, of that decade. But, fun story, I remember, like, the summer, I think it was 83, um, when that 
that that album was out. And I remember me and Dave spent a lot of time hanging out with Lisa McNichols. And Lisa, when we were in her car, would play that tape over and over and over. Remember Lisa and Ginger, Ginger was always there too. So they would always play this, this, this tape over and over again. And it just sounded cool. Like, this just sounds cool. I don't think David liked it too much. Because I don't think he's much of a Prince fan. If he was here to defend himself, maybe he, he could tell us different. But I don't... I, 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 speaking for David, I, David, I'd probably say that he respects him as an artist and his talent. Probably. That's probably Yes, I, I think you're right. Um, so, uh, yeah, 1999, great album. Um, my, my favorite song on this by Delirious. It's just it's a quirky, fun song. 1999 itself, that's good. But Delirious is kind of one that uh, DMSR is good. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. So. Yeah, let's pretend we're married. Yeah, yeah, let's pretend we're married is a good one. Yeah, Prince was... was was uh, raunchy before. He really was. I, you know, the first time I seen Prince, I was over at Dave's house, and I don't know what, what it was a late night video show. I don't know, so long ago. And uh, Friday night videos or video jukebox or one of those. And it was Prince that was performing, and he had on the long jacket, the tails, wearing pantyhose, garter, garter. And I after that, I was like, I was like, that's weird. weird. But it ain't gonna last. But it's another thing I can talk about when I was under us to get them out there and notice. Yep, everybody's gotta get that gimmick. You gotta have a gimmick. And if you didn't, then you were cooked. Yeah, I do. My favorite Prince song of all time is I Wanna Be Your Lover. Which isn't on this album. It's like 79 or 80. I think it came out in 80. Yeah, been right around there. Yeah, it was probably. I'm I'm gonna guess early winter 1980, but don't hold me to it. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. So my next two, we've already talked about a lot. Um, number two was 1984. Um, again, great album. And my number one, again, I went back and forth on this a lot. But the Joshua Tree would be my number one favorite '80s album, just because you know all the reasons we talked about before. So it was a definitely great times. Um, that's my chart. Do you have any any we haven't mentioned yet on there? Well, there's one that we did on '99. One that didn't make it in top five would have been Rio. Oh yes, how did I leave that off of there? So I want to go back and find a little bit. Yes. Oh my gosh, I played that thing to death. The Stray Cats. Stray Cats. And I almost brought my Stray Cats shirt. Remember that? I had a Stray Cats shirt too. I still have it. Do you? I still have it. I still have it. Wow. I had. Well, only because my body is not the same as it was back then. I don't have any of my. Yeah, I don't have any of my old concert shirts. I do have a two shirts from their last tour. That's about it. But on the bright side, I did have a Van Halen shirt. 
uh, for when they toured a few years ago, but I've lost weight since then, so I, I, I don't know what happened with that shirt. I think I, I gave it away. Well, and back to how long we've been friends is the last time I remember wearing a straight cat shirt was your Mr. Hill's. Really? Really? Wow. Why don't you wear it more? It doesn't kind of like Adam Sandler did in Billy Madison. He showed up with that Ario Speedwagon shirt. Which, that's another band we didn't talk about. That High Infidelity album was amazing. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was only really it wasn't how to say it was, it was at a time that was very influential for us. Maybe a little bit later. later. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we were still working with that. Yeah. I, I, I do remember, remember hearing Tough Guys and hearing the Spanking Alpha Alpha talk. talk. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that that's yeah, one that, that, that sticks with me. Um, yeah, we talked about Cheap Trick a little bit. There's, there's so much good music back then. I mean, every decade's got some great music in it. Um, I think at our age, we tend to gravitate more towards, you know, our, the years we came of age, you know, when we, before we had the adult responsibilities and all the other stuff that went with it. So I think we kind of look at those times, not only the music quality, but the nostalgia that was attached to it. Like, where were you? And this was great. And our age changed, 80s made me very blind. You know, we learned to drive, drive, and you look at high school, high schools, we fell in love in love and love we got married in the 80s, and my first child in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm so I'm in place that I could focus on. And the music was there, there, you know, behind it, behind it. Yep, it was a soundtrack. Yeah. And it's it, it's so cool because, because being able to hang out with you guys, and just, you know, the music I, I heard was exposed to, and then add that with what you guys would introduce me to. I remember hearing the B-52s for the first time, when you're playing freaking Private Idaho, and Rock Lobster, I'm like, oh, I played Rock Lobster, that's true, that is a true fact. Oh my oh gosh, my just listening, going back to those times and just listening to some of the stuff. And, you know, we talked about Ed would bring us to record stores and stuff. I remember one time, me and him and David went, and we're at RTO, and, and we bought some stuff. And we're in line, and I look over, and you got to think, you know, Ed is David's dad, so he's at least 25 years or whatever older than us. And I look over his purchases. He had, I, I can't remember what else he had, but the one thing that stuck out to me, he had the Blizzard of Oz. Really? <laughs> Picture this. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, Ed, Ed is, is probably got the greatest um, music, private music collection of anyone I've ever known. Like he, uh, he was, yes, it is. And he, to this day, he's, he's still, uh, he's always looking around at, you know, music. And I don't know if he still does it, but I don't know if he still does it. Yeah, I know that. Yes, I think he has some old recordings of kids when they were younger. Yeah, yeah, that's just that, that, you know. But he's another person that could influence me as far as my taste in music. I think the same thing. I remember going on Miami, Funk and Fudge of Jamaica, George Benson's, and yeah, yeah. Um, I was biased by her stuff, yeah, yeah. I know you and David are going to be but I did. I mean, yeah. I mean, I always liked yeah. like Twilight, Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and Ed is the reason, reason why. Yeah, yeah. And taste and taste and we were very blessed to have grown up when we did, around the people we did, and you know, music is just is just just a byproduct of, of everything else going on for us in those days. So, you know, it's really good. So, well, I think we're out of time. I think we have. Extinguished, extinguished 
this uh, this topic on top albums of the ages. Uh, we did, and it's funny looking at my list here. If you ask me six months from now, this list maybe flip flop, turn upside down, I can't believe I let it go off. Man, kick, 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 kick. All right, well, guys, hey, thank you for hanging with us. Those of you that have lasted this entire podcast. So, so that's really good. So next week, um, I'm going to have Matt Moore with me, uh, and we are going to be talking about places you hung out at in the 80s. No, 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 we're not. We're t- that's another week. Uh, we are going to be talking about places in the 80s that no longer exist. So, yeah, so my, my favorite has been Zantigo. I talk about that all the time. But. So, yeah, we're going to go through that list. So, until next time, guys, thank you. Um, Stay safe. Stay six feet away from people. God bless you. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.